Hello and welcome to the Grow Grow podcast. I'm your regular host, Kyle, and joining me today is journalist uh, Jonas Adnan Yever. Welcome to the show, Jonas. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. It's great to have you on. I think a lot of my Twitter followers will be familiar with you. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to assume that uh, a few of them will, and a few of them will do so daringly, and a few will do so annoyingly. So uh, that's the name of the game. Okay, um, I know this is a Man United podcast, but um, the big topic at the moment is Lionel Messi. Um, is there, where do you think he'll end up after this? Um, is there a possibility he could end up at Old Trafford? I'm thinking probably not. <laughs> uh, no, I think that Man United probably have, uh, have other targets in mind. And um, I think that they landed a player who's... Um, not close to Messi in terms of quality, but I mean, he he kind of fulfills the same type of role in in Jaden Sancho. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you get the chance to sign a player like Lionel Messi, of course you will try. But I think that that's the same thing that, uh, for example, Paris Saint Germain have been been thinking. I think that's where he'll he'll end up. I think that it's. Um, I think it's pretty much a given now that it, he'll end up at one of those clubs that have been working the hardest to get him for the past two or three years, uh, which seemingly are uh, Man City or, or PSG. And when you see that uh, Pep Guardiola went out today in his press conference and said that they're not going to pursue a potential Messi signing, I think that's uh, clear sailing and and um, a straight path for uh, for Mauricio Pochettino and, and uh, PSG to snap him up. So... Um, I think the big question is how did we end up in this situation, in this predicament? I think that's uh, what Barcelona are thinking more so than anything. And um, and yeah, it seems like we're heading into a future in which uh, in which Lionel Messi will call Park the Prize um, his new home. Yeah, I gotta say that's going to be a bit strange for all football fans. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it is it is strange. It is a uh, an odd thing, considering the fact that he's been so synonymous with uh, with Barcelona and and synonymous with Spanish football. I mean, it, not only is he leaving Barcelona, but he's leaving La Liga as well, which is is obviously a big blow to to I suppose their trademark and obviously how they uh, go about attaining sponsorships and and uh, broadcasting deals. Um, that was something that was brought up on numerous occasions when this was going on. That this is sort of a a loss for Barcelona, yes, but also a loss for for La Liga as an entity and and, and a loss for Spanish football. So, um, in one and the same summer, you're going to see two of the biggest icons and profiles of the league, and in, in Sergio Ramos and Lionel Messi, seemingly leave uh, Spanish football. Which, um, yeah, again is. I don't think it's a good sign for Spanish football, but then again, it's also a sign of the times, I guess. Another player that's left the Liga this summer is Rafael Varane. Um, he's won everything there is to win in the game. Uh, do, you, do you think he's going to be as just as motivated when he when he moved to Old Trafford? Yeah, I think he will. And uh, I mean, why would he move if he wasn't motivated to go and prove himself somewhere else? I mean, he's a... Uh, He's a World Cup winner, a serial Champions League winner. Um, he's won everything there is to win. He's he's been one of the best, if not the best, central defender for 
some time. I mean, of course, there's been some players who have challenged that spot from him. I mean, in my estimation, there are a few players that perhaps are, are a wee bit better than him. But, um, but I mean, on his day and when he performs uh, at the peak of his, of his powers, there's no one that, that, that equals him. And I do include the likes of Ruben Diaz and, and Virgil van Dijk when I, when I do assess that. I think that he's absolutely fantastic uh, when, he, when he's on his game. Unfortunately, it, it hasn't happened as often as it did a couple of years ago. Uh, we bit because of injuries, but also because... Uh, Real Madrid have been so inconsistent in the way they've performed. I mean, they've been a team that has gone from winning El Clásico against the Barcelona to losing at home to the likes of, of Cadiz. So um, I think I think Varane goes to Man United thinking that he has a lot to prove and thinking that he has to go to a league uh, in which he hasn't shown his, his skills yet. And, and I think that... Um, I also think it, I mean, it's a 10 years in the making if you look at it, because he was very close to going to Man United way back when. And and uh, that did materialize. He went to Real Madrid and did everything, uh, everything there. And now he's going to, to Man United. And obviously, if he becomes an icon at, at both places, I mean, what's what's better than that? Yeah, we're very, very excited to see him arrive alongside Sancho. We're just hoping to get um, maybe a central defensive midfielder along with it. And possibly, it seems, another Liga player in Kieran Trippier. You can see him ended up at Old Trafford before the end of the window. Um, I mean, he's an Englishman and he's from the greater Manchester area. So I, I would assume that he, he this, his, his desires to go back to Man United, go back to England. I mean, he's been very, very good for Atletico Madrid when, he's, when he has played. I mean, he's been so important to their, if you want to call it a 3-5-2 system that they've played for some time. I mean, he's been so important. Um, so... Um, I can see it happening, but I think we, I think you have to wait a little bit. I think you have to wait until late in, late in the market for it to to happen, because I think Atletico Madrid are very uh, determined to get their price. I think they want. I think it's about 25, 30 million euros for him, and I think that uh, perhaps Man United view that as too much. But um, but yeah, I think eventually down the window, if 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 United are determined to to land them, I also think that it depends on the players going out for United to free up some some economical uh, power to um, to get him so so yeah I, I i wouldn't be wouldn't be shocked if it happens to be quite honest with you okay well united absolutely have to sell this summer you know to balance the books um eric Bailly has been linked with a move back to villarreal could you see that happening in this window uh, it depends on Pau Torres. It depends a lot on Pau Torres. Um, I think if he goes, I think it opens up a clear spot for Eric Bailly because I think you could also say that he could play. He could play next to Pau Torres, and that uh, Raúl Albiol is getting as old as he is. But but then again, I he, he recently signed a new contract at Man United, didn't he? So I, I I cannot necessarily see that they'd be so determined to flog him. But 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 then again. The transfer window, anything can happen. Anything can happen. What about um, Sal Neguez or Ruben, Ruben Neves? They've been heavily linked in recent weeks. Could you see one of them potentially going to United? Saul was very close to going to Barcelona as a part of a trade with uh, Antoine Griezmann. And, he, and I think he's uh, he's determined to to try something new and to perhaps uh, get a fresh start somewhere else. So I would I would assess him being available or attainable also. Um and I would and I would guess that that maybe Atletico Madrid do the due diligence there and, and allow him to leave, considering the fact that maybe he's not first choice anymore. 
um, which would be an interesting, um, an interesting purchase. Even though he has a pretty long contract, I think he actually has a contract that goes expires in 2027 or something along those lines. I think he has an obscene long contract. Um, and when it comes to to Ruben Neves. Again, they just switched manager uh, Wolves, which means that maybe it's time to to start fresh and see something new happening. So, um, and I and I'm a big fan of Ruben Neves. I think he's very very underrated. Uh, I think he's someone who uh, could come in and, and basically be a, a to use a football manager term, a deep lying playmaker uh, in in terms of being very good on ball, but also being extremely good at, at positioning himself in midfield and um and doing sort of the dirty work that you don't see i think there were some some statistics that said that he does a lot of the same things that that fred does in terms of uh in terms of tackling which is very surprising considering that fred is though rash is very also very dynamic uh, and and i think i don't think um i don't think that people have that same kind of view uh, of Ruben Neves. I think that a lot of people think that he's much more poised and calm and doesn't get get stuck in as much as, for example, Fred does. But he seemingly does, and, and, um, and that's interesting. Okay. Um, someone that I really want to talk about is Anthony Alanga. I know you've been writing about him yourself. Um, he's a terrific talent, and uh, he seems to be... It seems as if there's a chance for him to kind of break through this season, especially with Rashford having gone off for surgery. Um, I was hoping that maybe he could get a start in the Leeds game, but maybe not now after he's picked up uh, a slight injury. So what, what is your thoughts on him? I haven't seen that much of, of Elanga, but I think that what, what I have seen of him is very, very interesting in that he's... Um, he offers an X factor. He's able to take on his man. He's able to do a lot of things on his own, which I think is very interesting for a player that is that young and and plays such an important role for a team like Man United. I think you can never uh, have too much of players being brave on ball and 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 doing trying to create something on their own. And obviously, he has a form of X factor in that he's able to finish as well. Um, I think it's very young and he needs consistency because every young player is going to be inconsistent at some point. But he needs to be given. Um, I suppose that understanding that he's going to be playing no matter what, I think that's so important for for young players. And I don't think Man United can can provide that to him now, and rightfully so, because he's not at that level. You know, you see players like Ahmad Diallo, who's who perhaps needs the same kind of thing, even though he was brought in for a lot more money and and a lot there was a lot more hoopla made when he signed for Man United. So I think they're a bit in the same position, those two. Okay, what about Erling Holland? Um, it seems as if he's not going to move this summer, given the price tag. But I think a release clause comes into effect next summer. And United obviously will probably lose Cavani next summer. Can you see Solskjaer finally getting his man in 2022? Uh, you're you're asking about something that might happen in a year. There's a lot of things that's going to be happening in 12 months. Uh, a lot of things that's going to happen in 12 months. So it's 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 impossible to say. It's absolutely impossible. I mean, for all we know, Sushi might get fired during this year. For all we know, I mean, there's a lot of things that might happen. I mean, you could pick up a, an injury. You know, knock on wood, being Norwegian and wanting him to to perform for a national team. Um, a lot of things can happen in in 12 months. So, are Man United going to be in the race for him? Of course they are, because if you're not in the race for him, then what are you doing? I mean, he's a player who's who's so so good. I mean, he's going to be 
um, one of the best players in the world for many, many years to come. Um, so, so yeah, I, United are going to be there with sort Chelsea, Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Inter, Juventus, Bayern Munich. I mean, everyone's going to try and get him. So, um, but do they have a best placed card on their hand considering the situation in 2021 with Solskjaer being there and his friend Jaden Sancho being there and then being in England, in which is probably the country that he, he'd prefer to go to at this stage? Yes, there are definitely a lot of things that would, would play in United's favor, I think. That's my personal opinion. Uh, but then again, we're speaking about something that that more than likely, unless someone you know smacks 200 million euros on the table, is going to be happening in a year's time, which is, and there's so many things that can happen in a year. Okay, what about Solskjaer himself? Um, he touched on it there. I mean, he, he, he's a big season ahead. Um, he probably needs to start winning trophies in this season. Otherwise, he's going to come under intense pressure. Um do you do you think he's the man uh, at Old Trafford? Do you think he'll succeed? <laughs> um, I mean, he needs to win. He needs to win. I think that he's done everything but win. I think that he's placed in a great system. Uh, I think he's shown that he's able to to persuade big players to go to Man United. I think he's been able to put young players to the system. I think that he's he's been able to show that he can play an attractive style of football. That he's pragmatic as well as being idealistic in terms of how he, he he pursues the game and sees the game uh so he's a lot he, he has a lot of things going for him I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of his in terms of how he uh leads because I, I i've seen him up close and personal in terms of how he how he does things from his time at molda um and and have had an understanding of of how and what players have thought of him in the past and at when he's been managing in norway and and, and it's kind of cool to see that um transfer over to to the english game so in a way yeah i i i'm i'm i think that he's he's able to he'd be able to do something interesting in um i think he's been able to do something interesting in england and i think that he's he still has a lot of uh potential and growth um but i think he needs to win i think that he i, I think in Man united you cannot go as many seasons as, as he's done now and not win and now he's been given Jaden Sancho. He's been given Rafael Varane. If he's been given, or if they they'll give him uh, Kieran Trippier or or someone else to to fill in that spot in the midfield, then then he's had four big signings as well as uh, past signings as well with, with Maguire, for example, and Cavani and and so forth and so on. So uh, Bruno Fernandes to to put him in there as well. I mean, there's so many players that he's been he's been given, which admittedly have worked, and he's he's made them work. Um, but then again, they've worked either to semifinals or to a lost final against Villarreal. So they need to get over that hump. And, and I think that that's, um, that's going to determine a lot of things, even though I think it's interesting that, that Man United have given him such um, a long contract. I mean, it shows to me that at least, um, if you want to call it the higher lords at, at Old Trafford, at least believe in him. Yeah, there's no doubt that the club is a, is in a far better place than it was under Mourinho. Um, but now he has to start winning trophies. Um, and looking at the start of the season, um, there's it's a very favourable fixture list. It doesn't we don't play any of the the so-called big sides until October, really. So this is a chance to get off to a good start, isn't it? Should be. Um, then again. Uh... There's a lot of, I think that it's, 
a little bit underrated the fact that you're playing against uh, quote unquote weaker sides. I think it's um, it's always what we call banana peels here in Norway. I mean, you can always slip on a banana peel going away to to Burnley or playing at home to to Brighton, for example. And I think Man United and other teams have shown that the past couple of seasons that that there are no easy games in either of the big five leagues. To be quite honest with you, so. Uh, should they win and will they be odds on favorites in most of those games? Certainly. But then again, I think they'd also, it'd also be a huge testament to their growth if they win, say, an away game at, at Chelsea or uh, at home to Liverpool, for example. I think that's, those games are, are also obviously important because they mean a lot more to fans. But, but then again, I think that a run of results is what they need, need uh, from the start. Um, and yeah, I think that United have had to play catch up way too many times uh, in the post-Ferguson era because they've always picked up pace towards the end of the season in, in season that they've done well. I mean, that one season with Mourinho when they finished second uh, with Solskjaer last season as well. They picked up pace a little bit too late and, and, and the title was um, more or less gone. Okay, one final thing I want to ask you about is the fact that it's it's obvious that the, the La Liga giants are in a, a bit of financial sticky spot, you know, it's, it's, and that's one of the reasons why Messi is gone. Um, is this a real opportunity now for the English sides to dominate in, in the Champions League? Um, that's a good question. Um, yes and no. Uh, they seemingly have... Well, in the Champions League, they have been there because obviously... There's been two, two, two of the three past finals have seen uh, two English sides face each other. I mean, you've seen Chelsea, Man City, and 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 Tottenham against Liverpool. So obviously, you've already seen that English teams have had a big say in, in the Champions League. And again, they don't seemingly win all the European trophies. I mean, in the in the Europa League, you obviously had Villarreal who who, who defeated Man United. But yeah, looking at those two teams that you've referred to there in in. Um, in Madrid and, and Barcelona, I, I don't think that they'll be uh, the powerhouses of, of the 2010s and late 2000s that they were. But, but then again, I think that's um, it's almost inhuman to be as good as they were at, at a stage. I mean, it was it was it was Star Wars. It was it was straight out Star Wars when, when they faced each other. So um, but yeah, English teams, I mean. You have to look at it this way as well. Where is the most money at? It's in England. Where are the biggest uh, managerial profiles at? In England, where do the majority of the biggest stars play? Probably in England as well, with the exception of Cristiano Ronaldo and and Lionel Messi. And obviously, you can all, you can add Kylian Mbappe and, and and Neymar there. But then again, they play for a team that might have even more money than the big teams in England. So, um, I, I think I think that it definitely there's every chance that English teams should should dominate in the Champions League. And, and to be quite honest, I think they should be dominating the Champions League considering the fact that they have um, the economical powers that they do have. Um, but it's proven difficulty. Or it's been given... It's proven difficult, I should say. That's horrible English. But yeah, um, for them to do so. I, I think that um, they haven't been convincing. They, they, they've gone to finals, yes, but it's never been convincing. And, and, I, and that's sort of the thing that... Um, I suppose boggles my mind a little bit because when you've seen teams like Real Madrid and Barcelona stake their claim in the Champions League, usually they've done so very convincingly. They've had sort of a statement victory or something along those lines. But but English teams have almost every single time scrapped through or, or escaped through or there's been some sort of miraculous thing that, that's put them through. If you look at, for example, when 
Barcelona went out to to Liverpool in, in the semi-final. Obviously, there was what you what you now refer to as the miracle at Anfield when when they defeated uh, Barcelona uh, for nothing. You had uh, Lucas Moura who had the night of his life at at Amsterdam Arena or Johan Cruyff Arena, as it's called now, against Ajax to knock them out of the Champions League to make the final. I mean, it's been and and obviously, I'm not going to count last season because the the there weren't fans in the stadium. And I think that determines a lot. So um, I'm interested to see what happens now. I think it's interesting to see Man United spend as much money as they've done on on Sancho and, and Varane. Uh, Man City spending, uh, or at least have, having given a hundred million pounds to Aston Villa for Jack Grealish. I love Jack Grealish, but a hundred million pounds is a lot of money for one player. Um, so yeah, I, I think that I think that they should. And I mean, if, if Chelsea sign Lukaku for 110 million pounds or 120 million pounds or whatever they're talking about, I mean, these are sums that that Spanish teams at least are not operating with anymore. They're just not able to do so. Um, so I think I think that English, the English game, the Premier League has every chance to to be a dominant force for years to come. For years to come. Okay, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the show. I know we've had a few technical difficulties, but <laughs> no problem. Okay, have you have you on again soon, and uh, I'll see sure. you there. Would love to. Would love to. It was my pleasure to be on. Apologies for a few of the te- technical difficulties on my side and a bit of the time restraints, but it's been a pleasure. You've been uh, you've been fantastic. So I'd love to be back on at, at some stage. Thank you.